and welcome back. I'm Ryan. Hey, and I'm Brian. And this is the Bible, Bible Bistro. Bistro. Ryan, Ryan and Brian's Bible, Bible Bistro. Bistro. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what? My mind. Twinsies. Twinsies. I'm blown. You know, this is a podcast all about the Bible, theology, and things pertaining to the Christian faith. That's what you say. It's, I don't say the word pertaining. I don't what say do you say? I say relating to the Christian relating faith. Relating to. Or, uh, I think it's relating. Something okay. along the... Every time you say pertaining, it messes me up. You don't like pertaining? It's a fine word. It's just not a word that I say very often. I mean, how okay. often do you say the word pertain? Apparently more than you. <laughs> <laughs> more than once. Anyway. Anyway, well, welcome yeah. back to the Bistro. Here we are. We are. In the back. same room. We're in the Bistro West. Bistro West, which is the home, which is we need to give a shout out yeah, here. Yes, the Broadleaf Video Productions. productions. Yeah. Video production. Many thanks to the owner and CEO and CFO and COO of Broadleaf Productions. It's the same person. Yeah. Well, it's, it's my my brother, Scott. So yeah. we're going to give him a shout out. Scott Sarver there. And if you need any video done in the Illinois, Central Illinois area. Yes. Give him a shout out. Broadleaf yeah. Video Production. Now, if you're in Indiana, it's, you got to call me. <laughs> but in Illinois, call Broadleaf Video Production. So right there, anyway, it cut, cuts off in Danville. Is that cuts, it? Cuts <laughs> off, and once you get to Danville on the east side, nope. You gotta you gotta go to Indiana. But anyway, I want a big shout out for him because he helps one. us with this. We're using his cameras. Yeah. We're in a studio. The lights. Yeah, it's very stuff, nice. So. Nice lighting in here. Yeah, uh, there's water, free water. <laughs> water. If that that's what it takes to impress Brian, hey, is water. You know. Anyway, well, we're back here in the bistro again. Yeah. We've uh, we've talked about last week. What did we talk about? We talked about Isaiah, Hezekiah, chapter thirty-six and thirty-seven. Hezekiah's yes. prayer, trusting in God. Yeah. You know, and that when things look bleak, right. don't trust in ourselves, yeah. but trust in trust in God. And we're getting ready to jump into something a little different. Yeah, First Peter. So I, I I said then that I was I was thinking about First Peter, and I and it, it occurred to me the other day. It, it's one of those things. You know how. Facebook, if you're a Facebook person, from time to time, memories come up. Mm-hmm. And it's always interesting. You know, that's one of the things I like about it, actually, is those memories that come up. And mm-hmm. and, and there was just a, a statement I made about the first part of the book of First Peter. First, And I'll, and I'll say this. It, it occurred to me, we haven't talked about First and Second Peter at all. And it's one of my favorite, favorite couple of books in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, John. But we've not <laughs> talked about First and Second Peter much at all. We have not. I don't think at all. I think maybe one time we talked about it in relation to something else. Okay. I think we used First Peter oh, chapter yes. three, but yeah. But anyway, the the whole the whole thing about First Peter, and so the 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 memory that popped up was basically I was talking about. There's kind of a the very beginning of the book of First Peter has this really interesting uh, juxtaposition of these two words these these two words side by side that are kind of seemingly contradictory, but they're all about who. God's people are. Mm. And, and Peter, I think, Peter, in, in the whole book of First Peter, makes a big deal about identity and names. I mean, here's a guy who Jesus named, right? His, right. his name before had, had been Simon mm-hmm. um, and identified him in a particular way. It'd be interesting to think about that sometime, but, um, you know, probably named after one of the Maccabean kings. And so he had these ideas. But then Jesus came along and said, you're Peter. And this is after, after he made this pronouncement that you are the Christ, the Son of living God. And so he's, his name's changed. He's no longer Simon, but now he's Cephas or Peter. And, mm-hmm. and, and interestingly, later in the book of First Peter, he goes through this whole big thing about rock and 
you know, that, that kind of stuff. But, but at the very beginning of the book, he, he, he makes this phrase about, about who we are in, in, in God as God's people. And so it made me think about identity. Mm, that's a big word. It is. And I think we, we talk Especially about today a lot today. Right. And, mm-hmm. and people talk about creating identities. They talk about, um, who they are and, you know, mm-hmm. is this something that, you know, I have control over? Is this something that's, that's my right in order to, to determine my yeah. identity? It's, it's a lot of it. Is it an internal thing or is it right. something that something external that maybe yeah. exists outside me? So how do, how do you identify yourself? Like what, what are some ways that we identify ourselves? Would you say? Well, you know, I think that's an interesting question. You know, like Someone asked, like, where I know are you it's f- an interesting question. That's why I asked it. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. It's going to be thick in here today. Well, anyway. What, I'm just waiting. I'm waiting on. About, like, who am I? You know what I mean? Like, no, no. What, yeah, what, yeah, what categories do you use to, to describe your identity? Um, uh, father. Like, yeah. my, my relationships. You know what I mean? Like, it's. So, relationships is one way. Husband, we, you know. Okay. Um, son. Son. Um. I talk about children, you know what I mean? Like right. father, I talk about, you know, where I live, right. employment. So, so geographical location, let's go back to that. So we talked about, you talked about relationships. So family relationships, mm-hmm. we can talk about geography is a different mm-hmm. category, I would say in some ways. So, so I am, a, I don't live in Indiana, but I call myself a Hoosier. That's one of the ways I identify myself or e- even in a broader case, we might identify ourselves by, by nationality. Like mm. if we're traveling someplace, we might uh, say, well, right. I'm an American citizen or I'm. They usually know that I am by my volume. <laughs> And your sides, you said. Uh, yeah, here's a funny story, real quick. I'll just. I've been to Cambodia. Yeah, and people that people in Cambodia are not known to be in the NBA, for example. No, right? nor not, am I. Just to be fair, um, but they're not known for their height. They're not known for the height. And when I'm there, I'm uh, easily seen <laughs> and noticed. I was in a shopping area once when I was in Cambodia and this little girl, I would say she was probably nine years old, was like kind of taking a nap in like her mom's right. stall. And I walked by and her eyes were like kind of blinking and she opened her eyes, <laughs> like these huge eyes and pointed at me. Didn't say a word to anyone, just pointed at me as I walked by like Godzilla has entered the chat. You know Look I mean? at that. Look at that. I like she'd never seen anything like that. Well, I, and tell me, you said there were there were some I was, yeah, Buddhist we, monks. Buddhist or? monks, yeah. <laughs> Everybody wants to hear this. Um I know. There's some Buddhist monks. We went to a uh, Buddhist monata- monastery and I was talking to someone and I had my back turned and now these monks are just everywhere and they're they're up like they're about five feet behind me and I hear this like laughing, giggling. And they're like trying to come up like back to back to me to see how much taller I am than, than them. And so like then they requested like to have their picture taken with me. And I'm like, anyway. Yeah. Interesting. So identity. Geog- so, and, and you, yes, I'm a large American. And when I'm in a foreign country, Ukraine, I was identified well, by my volume. So you can identify. So this actually pertains to our. There I am. Pertains to our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> the language bingo card <laughs> talking about talking about our identity because you you can identify yourself by your your looks too right devilishly I'm handsome big, <laughs> i'm a big guy i'm yeah handsome i'm ugly you know what, whatever words we want to use but you know what i'm saying we would describe ourselves by our looks we could identify ourselves mm-hmm. in that way as well mm-hmm. what, what else what else do you think 
uh, I mean, people identify this as by the employment. Yeah. I'm, I'm a this, I'm a that. Yeah, or even qualifications like, mm -hmm. yeah, either I'm a professor, I'm a pastor, you know, I, I'm mm -hmm. a videographer, or, or even by profession, like I, I'm an RN, you know, I have oh, this, yeah. or I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lawyer, I have the JD, you know, I, mm -hmm. I'm, I have, I'm a member of the bar. So there's lots of ways we can identify ourselves. But or, or by faith affiliation, like... Yeah, that's true. I had thought of that. You're you're a particular kind of Christian, or yeah, not, not Christian, not Christian, right? Or non-identifying, but mm -hmm. yeah. So there's different ways to identify yourself. So here's the interesting thing: most of those, though, are, I mean, we take a certain amount of pride in those, per perhaps, or they're they're positive. You know, very seldom do we identify ourselves in negative <laughs> in negative ways. I'm an ex-con yeah. or whatever, but but we tend to think about ourselves in these positive ways. But here's the interesting thing about the way First Peter begins, and so let me read just a little bit of this this is so we've talked about this before with letters you have a sender recipient and then a, and a greeting typically in the beginning of letters and here's how first peter one starts uh, verse one peter an apostle of jesus christ so that's why he identifies himself <clears throat> but here's the thing i was talking about to god's elect exiles scattered throughout the provinces of pontus galatia cappadocia asia and bithynia so these places Mm -hmm. who've been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. So the thing I keyed in on in this memory that came up on Facebook was those first two words, God's elect exiles. Mm -hmm. and, and isn't that interesting that side by side, chosen, that word, that word elect has to do with choosing. But then this idea of exile is not normally one that has a positive connotation. It's exclusionary. To it. it has to do with being an outsider, right? Mm -hmm. Or And and. Peter keeps up with that. He uses this this kind of language in other places in, in this book. Um, let me go ahead and finish. Verse 2 says, For who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. So, you know, there's a Trinitarian formula here like we often see. God the Father, sanctifying work of the Spirit obedience to Jesus Christ, uh, sprinkled with his blood. So that we're identified in relationship, we could say to, to, um, the Trinity, to the, to mm -hmm. the, uh, three persons of the Trinity, we've been sanctified. Um, but, but here's the idea cho chosen according to the foreknowledge of God, the father, you said you wanted to talk about that well, a little I, bit more. I, well, I think sometimes that can be a sticking point and we have talked sure. about this, but I think yeah, Ephesians one, we talked about it foreknowledge a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think just uh, understanding, making sure we understand the election and foreknowledge piece, sure. a piece of this. Yeah. So God's chosen and, and chosen according to his foreknowledge, you know, this, this is the idea that, that God knew ahead of time, those who, who would, who would come to him. Right. And, mm -hmm. and this kind of an idea, some people see this choosing, uh, you know, we use the term sometimes double predestination, even that they're choosing this person. God is choosing this person to be his and this person not to be his, so to speak. And and we don't understand it that way. What I think is being emphasized when it talks about his foreknowledge is this is a kind of choosing that we can we can count on. We can rely upon. This is something that has been uh, set and, and is something that is known, so, mm -hmm. so to speak. Uh, I don't think it has to do with us being marked out as much as it is that, again, you see it connected here to the sanctifying work of the Spirit and and this idea of being being uh, you know sprinkled by the blood of Jesus. The the idea that we are those who are set apart uh, because of you know what God has done in in, in His work, and then. Uh, I would say our response to it as well, our obedience to Jesus Christ here is mentioned, being sprinkled with His blood. Mm -hmm. So, so Peter, I would understand this to be writing to people who who were followers of Jesus, who had who had 
you know, come to know God through their response to what what Christ has done. Foreknowledge, uh, I think, emphasizes again the the sureness or the certainty with which we can have we we can have confidence. And the, and the chosen piece of this is God's through His foreknowledge choosing <clears throat> those who would come to Him. I would yeah. say those who would okay. who would respond to the saving work of Jesus is the way I would understand this. And I know it's a controversial statement, right? Uh, there, are nope, those... <laughs> no, no controversy in, the, in those verses. <laughs> well, let's talk. But this idea of chosen exiles or elect exiles, you know, a beautiful mm-hmm. title. I think this is this is kind of my my response to it because I think it describes where we find ourselves in our lives. It describes this idea of being chosen, but at the same time also being exile. Uh, th- this word, I want to I look at a couple of other places where this word occurs, because it's only a few times in the whole New Testament we find it. Uh, another place is in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. And, and here, Peter uses it with a different word. He, he adds another word to it. So as we get into kind of the body of the letter here in, in 1 Peter, he says, dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles, Okay, so there's that idea of exile. Exile is kind of the idea you're you're in a place you don't belong, mm-hmm. right? So I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires, which wage war against your soul. And he says, live such good lives among the pagans that they may they may accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day He visits us. So so this connection I think with living among people who are not followers of Christ, you know, living among, as he calls them here, the pagans. And so we we find ourselves in an interesting position where we are chosen by God, but we find ourselves in a position of being foreigners or, or, or exiles. And, and I think this is where God's people find ourselves frequently. Mm, we find yeah. ourselves in this kind of a situation. And I'm going to, I think in just a minute, we're going to see where this this leads in a, in a topic that we've talked about previously, even though we've not talked about this one or this book. I think it, it relates to something we talk about frequently on this podcast. Go ahead and read Hebrews 11. Do you have it there or not? I, I can pull it up. He, and... Hebrews 11 is this faith chapter. Verse 13 is what I want you to read for me. Because okay. that's, the, that's the other use. The, this word's only used three times, twice in 1 Peter and then the other time in Hebrews. Hebrews 11, you remember, is this faith chapter where we have this entire listing of God's people from the Old Testament. And, and it talks about, remember, it talks about their faith. You know, Abraham oh, yeah. responded in faith, Sarah responded in faith. You know, it, it's, it's, we sometimes call it the roll call of faith. All of these people who responded to God's uh, call in faithful ways. And, and here's what the Hebrew writer often emphasizes for us, that they, they did this even when they could not yet see the outcome. That That's the faith part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know, again, to quote Hebrews, faith is being being certain of what we do not see, right? Sure mm-hmm. of what we hope for, certain of what we do not see. So read verse 13 here for me. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. Strangers, here's the word that's used. Mm-hmm. So it's that idea of exile again. So you see I'm saying faith, they, they, they accepted these things by faith. Even when they died, they had not yet received them. So, so we find ourselves here as strangers on the earth in a way. We're, we're in an uncomfortable position um, where we find ourselves in exile. Because what is it like to be a stranger? <clears throat> I lived in, you, you're talking about being in Cambodia and you stuck out like a sore thumb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, uh, I can remember living in a in a foreign culture, and and there's always this. And I've talked to other people who've had this experience. There's always a kind of an underlying tension, as comfortable and as familiar as you become with the place where you're living. There's still always this kind of sense. I don't always exactly understand what's going on. There, there's there's an undercurrent here that I can't quite grasp because I'm not from here. You're right. I, I have a different different experience and and that's that's what i think it is to be a follower of jesus in the world in which we live and i want to come back to this in just a minute because i think there are different ways we can think of that and respond to that but there's a way in which we're strangers and aliens uh in this place um one more passage and this is in first peter chapter 5 uh, verses 13 and 14 where he he uses uh, at the very close of this book a, a similar kind of idea he closes by saying, she who is in Babylon. Okay, so he's picking up on Old Testament ideas here. Of course, Peter, again, you know, he he, he uses Old Testament a lot. He used it in the day of Pentecost in his sermon. Uh, you know, this, this way he thought he was raised in this kind of thought world. And so when he talks about the one who is in Babylon, we think about the idea. Of, I'm, I don't say that correctly, right? Do you want to say it for me? Babylon. Babylon. You're okay, saying Babylon. Babylon. Babylon, because I'm a foreigner in central Illinois. <laughs> my, the way my people say it here is Babylon. Babylon. I'm, but, I'm just Babylon Brooks. But anyway, Babylon, um, this this idea of being being in exile, right? And that's the whole that's the whole picture is is that this is where God's people were taken into captivity. Mm-hmm. They were they were brought from their land. Uh, so tell me the stories you're thinking about Daniel, right? Mm-hmm. A- and his friends, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the- them being in this foreign context, and hey, eat these things that the king wants you to eat. Yep. No, nope. this is not. This is not what we do. Bow your knee to the worship. To the, yeah, and all of these different pressures that were put upon them in order to conform to the the nation they found themselves in. And so here's this idea, she who's in Babylon chosen together with you. So here we're thinking probably the church or the, you know, the the followers of Christ in that place together with you, send you her greetings. And so does my son, Mark, greet one another with a kiss of love. So, so again, that same kind of an idea of, of chosen exiles, you know, what a beautiful, what a beautiful concept that even though we find ourselves in these tense, difficult situations, we are still chosen by God Mm -hmm. and and we are his people. And so that's really kind of the idea that I was, I was playing with uh, in regard to this. When we think about our identity, there's a way in which we're always going to be to a certain extent um, outsiders, right? Mm -hmm. There's an extent in which we are, we're going to be like, like in Babylon, we're Babylon. We're going to be, (laughs) we're going to be called, to respond to things in a different kind of way than than those around us and so it's always going to be a time of tension yeah that's uh you know i think that's one of the things that we forget sometimes right you know i think in the past uh, i'm I'm not saying that i don't want to juxtapose and create something about our now yeah but i you know cultural community used to be much more culturally christian and and seemed to be more in line with with some of the values that those who were Christians kind of aligned with, but I think we're seeing now some of these ideas kind of start to, yeah, yeah. it's it's, it's for us to be, to to us to be different is very different and and exposing to us. You know, I, I I think about my own congregation uh, who were, who were Mennonite Amish when they, when they came, 
very much a segmented segmented part of the society. Um, they relied upon each other, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for farm ground, for for work, for helping one another, and those kind of things. They spoke a different language. Many many exiles when they first come, uh, or I should say foreigners, you know, when they come to this place, um, speak a language that's different than the predominant language. Um, they have customs that are different than, than the predominant language. And so I guess that's kind of what I wanted us to think about today is, is how do we live that out? Now, you said in the past, I think we have to be careful here because we can fall into this trap of almost seeing ourselves at romanticize the past we can we can romanticize the past the other thing i was going to say is is this kind of idea of being at war with the predominant culture around us Mm -hmm. now now again there are ways in which you know we can't adapt i think we have to be careful in adapting to the to the dominant culture around us but how do we live this out of being god's chosen people within a culture that we recognize that we are we're not in the predominant in the predominant culture how do we how do we live that out what does it look like and what's the tension that we we mm-hmm. face in that that's kind of what i want i thought we would talk yeah about today. I, and i think that's always uh, again i keep talking about revelation but those first three chapters yeah. those the churches is kind of going how do you live in those contexts in some right. ways like they'd be they weren't exile you know they'd kind of yeah. thrown their hat in with the with um Rome with Rome it had it, they were not exiles they right placed themselves and, and that was the warning right that, yeah. that you have you have accommodated yourself in some ways since you mentioned that go ahead and read Revelation two seventeen for me this is one I was thinking about here in relations when we think about identity and and how we're known and how we call ourselves and this kind of oh, thing gosh let me pull it up here too <laughs> I can't type I can't type Okay, here we go. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I'll give some of the hidden manna. I will also give that person a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to the one who receives it. So that idea of the new name uh, has to do, I think, with this idea of being identified in a way that can't be taken, can't be you know, stolen from you in a way, a name known only to you, uh, identity that only you have that that's unique. But, but here's where we're going back to this idea of identity. Is it, is identity. And this is where I think in our culture, we have to ask this question in our time, is identity something that we create ourselves or is it something we receive? Hmm. Is it something that is given to us? And, and I think I'm going to argue for the follower of Christ. It's something that we receive, right? This stone with a new name is given, Right. It, it's not something that we create ourselves. It's not something that we, we come up with on our own, uh, but it is something that Christ gives. And, and the, you're talking about the foreknowledge and the choosing. Mm-hmm. I think our identity uh, as, as God's people come from from him. W- one more passage, and this is this is Revelation 14, and you'll, you'll remember this. Um, th- this is where um, he talks about those that have been set apart and we talked about Revelation 14 in some length in a different different episode here. But uh, he said, I saw 144,000 with his name, uh, the Lamb, and his father's name written on their foreheads. And I talked then about this kind of idea that it's it's um, it's being being identified, you know, by by their name, having it's almost like a name tag or 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 
the name in a book. Uh, it, it's being identified as God's belonging to him and being identified by him is kind of the idea, I think, that that we have here in this place. And so, so again, it's a name that's been given to us. It's a name that we are, we are identified, not something we're creating ourselves, but something that is that is given to us. Yeah, and I think... Uh... I think if we're going to be exiles, I mean, I, I mean it, that there's the the connotation that there is a place that is home. There is sure. a, there is a place that is right. foreigners. Right. Um, it, it, if you're a foreigner, that means there is a place that is home. Right. And what is that? It calls to mind a couple of different things. What? How do we understand that typically? Uh, what's this other place that we're looking for? Um, you know, in the in the past, we might have talked about in the sweet by and by, or you know, this idea that 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 um, this place is not my home. I'm just a passing through, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, my something something is somewhere beyond the blue. I can't remember that. Well, we have people write in and tell us what the what, what I what I missed there. Um, and somebody's going to joke about my inability to remember lyrics, but <laughs> but the uh, you know this idea that 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 we're going to this other place, but is it that, or is it that this place has become different than what it was intended to be? In other words, this world, and, and I, I believe in God's plan to restore his creation and us to be a part in that. And so, so what has, you know, again, it's kind of a funny, funny way to think about it, but it's not necessarily, we're talking about another place, but we're talking about that we are no longer in, in, you know, this isn't our home in the sense that it has become fallen. It has become corrupted and different than what it was intended to be. Mm-hmm. And, and so we find ourselves at, at odds. With, yeah, I mean, with isn't it. that some of John's language as well? Yeah. When he says like the world, he's referring yeah. to things that are sinful and yes. um, corrupted. But he said, yeah, but Jesus says, I am not taking you out of the world. Right. right. And so, so I mean, the, that's the definition of I'm placing you as a foreigner in exactly. this, in this world, yeah. this sinful place. So part of what it becomes, and, and I, I asked you to read a book several years ago. It's one that I used to read a lot in connection with first Peter and have students read in connection with first Peter, uh, by, um, Will Willimon and Stanley Hauerwas called resident aliens. I think it's an excellent book. Mm-hmm. It's a book that cha- is challenging. Uh, it, yeah, it's a book that, that we're not, it's like a poem. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm, I mean, yeah. it's not a poem, but I mean, yeah. like there's, uh, there's I, beautiful I, language. To I, yeah. It I just and, said like, when we talked yeah. about, I'm like, there's some squishiness to this book. <laughs> I think I said, or, and, and there are some, some things we may disagree with it, but, but here's the, here's the thing I like about it so much is it kind of examines what does it look like when God's people live in a different, different way? How do we, how do we live in a way? I, I didn't say this earlier when I was talking about the congregation that I serve right now, but, but they used to have this phrase that they were a peculiar people. And that comes from this passage in first Peter, it's recognizing that we are a different kind of people. Uh, and so the, the early Amish and the Mennonites dress differently and, and identified themselves by not adapting to the current uh, fashion. You know, we're going to, mm-hmm. we're going to dress in, in older ways. And, mm-hmm. and again, I'm not necessarily saying that's the case, but I do think we have to think about how we're going to engage in the, in the dominant culture in which we find ourselves. Are we going to, to just go along with every fashion and every trend and everything's going to be fine? Or, or is there a way in which we, we try to find our identity given to us in Christ and, and we recognize ways in which we need to live that out? I think it's an important question for us. Yeah, I, I think it's an important question. And I think it's, I'm going to project here. I think it's sometimes hard for people to figure out how to answer for themselves. Yeah. yeah. And when I say that is, 
we know the well, I don't say we know that, but I think we have an idea of what what God what it would look like for God's kingdom to to reign here on right. earth. But kind of going, how do I live that out in my context? Right. I think that's hard for some people to to yeah. you know in their day to day like working life or or what does that do? You know, I've always thought to myself sometimes like, man, I wish I could. Uh, or like you hear a story and you're like, yeah. man, I'd just give some money to that or I'd jump into that. <laughs> right. But it always seems like it's a story that's far away from yeah. me or something that's far away from me, but yeah. kind of going, how do I bring, how do I, how do I make myself a foreigner in, 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 in my context? In that context, right? In the con- immediate context we find ourselves in. You know, it just occurred to me, there's another identity that we didn't use. And I, and I think it speaks to what you're talking about is we didn't talk about political identity. Oof. Well, and, and, and we're living in a divided time in the United what? States. <laughs> what? And, and so we, we often will identify ourselves with one party or the other. Mm. And yet again, is the question, and I said, I said to someone this past week, is it, is an idea of us reading our faith through our political perspective or or is is it that our our political perspective is is determined by and and um interpreted by our faith you know which mm-hmm. which i would see that more uh so when we ask and that's why i think this is so important when we ask this question of what it looks like in the way that we identify ourselves are we are we living out our faith in in a in a way that is a knee-jerk response because of some title we've accepted or or are we thinking through what is what is the faithful way to be a follower of jesus given this like you said our immediate context this problem that's right in front of me mm-hmm. uh, and we we talk in these big terms a lot of times we're worried about things that are going on you know right now jackson mississippi there's this question about oh, water yeah. and we think about that um, my wife's been very involved in the flooding in eastern kentucky we think about these big things that happen far away dallas texas experiences flooding but often i say the, the the issue is how do we think about the the people who are right in front of us how do we respond to the people who are right in front of us and how are we uh, how are we living out our faith in, in connection with them yeah it's really uh yeah i, I mean, it, I, mean it's, it, I feel like we live in a culture that wants to shove us you know what I mean? Like if, if this is you, then that, you know, if into you made that box, choice, you're yeah. into that. If this is your choice and into that. And I think it's, gosh, I hate, I'm kind of getting sick to my stomach even <laughs> thinking about this conversation. Not, I mean, not that. I we, get it. But, you know, like how, I think that is a really hard question. How do we live out our faith? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even in politics. And it's like, you know, I think this is my opinion. I'm just supposed let we want our political parties to do the work that the church is called to do. I think that's true. Sometimes I think you're exactly right. And you know, it's, gosh, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I I think it's hard. You know, I think it's, we want to, we want to place ourselves in a group. I mean, I think there's always this group identity like that, that seems to be that everyone wants to place them in. But, um, you know, sometimes it, you know, as exiles, I think the whole point of by St. Exiles, we don't fit into any real right. group that's here. I think that's right. And and I'll go back to our previous conversation when when what you're saying is again, we're you know, where do we place our trust? Are we looking for a political solution? And I'm thinking about when we Isaiah. talked about Isaiah. Yeah. Are are we looking for a political solution or are we trusting in God? Uh, and, and that, you know, that's where I think, again, we have to be, uh, different in this. Let, let me talk a little bit about, let's go back to first Peter two now. And again, we're still thinking about this idea of our identity and how, how we see ourselves identified as, as followers of Jesus. And, and I find this interesting. So Peter, again, uses all these old Testament, 
um, images and all these Old Testament metaphors to talk about this. Verse 90 says, but you are a chosen people. Now, there's there's our idea of choosing again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we've talked before. It's not necessarily choosing of individuals, but we would understand this as the choosing of people, right? Mm-hmm. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood a holy nation, God's special possession. And this is a word that we find in the Old Testament several times. I'm going to look at one example of it in a minute. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. So again, I think the identity is 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 given. Once you had not received mercy, he finishes, but now you receive mercy. It, 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 our identity is given. It's not something that we we create ourselves. Chosen people, set apart, the idea of a holy nation, you know, holiness, we've talked before about the idea of being set apart. Uh, and then we have these other images. So look at Exodus 19, because this is really what he's quoting here. Exodus 19, three through six, this is the quotation that he begins with. And then he ends with an allusion here to the book of Hosea, a really interesting passage in Hosea. So go ahead, if you got Exodus 19 there, go ahead and read that. Yeah, then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, this is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then all of the, then out of all nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. So there's, you know, some of that language that you see there again, this idea of treasured possession is a beautiful image we see it here we see it in deuteronomy we see it in the book of malachi um that this this is a word that god uses for his people and and i think about it in terms of you know we (laughs) we like our things pretty well but what what are our treasured possessions what are those things that we say this is this is what is special to me you know way i've talked about it before is if we are in a fire what's the what's the one thing that we would take out and god here says to his people that's what you are to me Uh, So if identity has to do with relationship, like we said before, God's relationship with his people is what identifies us, the name written on our forehead, right? Mm -hmm. The way that he has chosen us, the way that he has identified us through Jesus, uh, I I think is, is, is a big part of our identity. He goes on there, you know, the holy nation language is there and a kingdom, kingdom of priest. And I always think it's worth stopping and thinking about that because a, a priest has a job uh you know we talked about occupations right mm-hmm. the priest's job is to be an intercessor between god and people so in the temple the priest's job was to you know when a person came to sacrifices they're the ones who led them through the steps of sacrifice that they were the intermediary teachers but also intermediaries between the people and god uh the representatives that that led the people through proper worship and and so here's and i can't we i don't think we can emphasize this enough here is god's desire for his people and this was his desire in the old testament is that they would be an entire kingdom of priests so the the image here is that the other nations around you i want you to be their the the intercessors between me and them i want you to be the ones who are leading them to me uh, is the idea of the kingdom of priest and this is what peter says then we have become peter uses other images i wish we had time to to look at maybe we'll go through some of first peter in another another uh, time but you know he talks to us about us being built together 
into this kind of house, and we have now become a holy nation and a kingdom of priests. We're identified in, in that particular way. Hosea chapter 1, then, is where we get this idea. Formerly, you were not a people, but now you've been made my people. So let me teach you a little Hebrew. Oh, boy. Um, so the word ami, um, is the word for people. And then whenever you have that I on the end of it, you see it all the time in place names and people's names and that kind of thing. Um, that's a possessive. That's a first person possessive. So um, me means my people. The the E is the my. Okay. So um is the word for people. And then ami means my people. So um, this is talking about the prophet Hosea. And, and he was commanded to to marry this woman named Gomer. I'll, I'll let you write your own jokes there, but <laughs> but she has this child, and first he says you need to name the child Lo Ruhama. Lo means no, no or not. Um, if you look at the Ten Commandments written in Hebrew, all the commands, first ones begin with no. You know, thou shalt not mm -hmm. have any other gods before you. Shall not make it to be any great grave name. You know, all these no's, all these nots. So, lo ruhma means no mercy. That's what that's what the child's name meant. I always felt sorry for this child, this probably female child at uh, kindergarten. You know, what's your name? No mercy is my name. But then Gomer had had it says another son, lo ami, which means not my people. For you are not my people and I'm not your God. So this is the message mm -hmm. that God is giving through Hosea. But then he says, yet the Israelites will be like the sand on the seashore, which cannot be measured or counted. In that place where I said to them, you are not my people, they will be called children of the living God. So you see that change in identity from not my people, now you're gonna be my people. The people of Judah and the people of Israel will come together and they will appoint one leader and come out of the land of, of uh, out of the land for great will be the day of Jezreel. So say to your brothers, my people, and of your sisters, my loved one. So, you know, whereas previously you were no mercy or not loved, now you're gonna be loved. And formerly you were not my people, now you'll be my people. So that's what Peter's referring to when he he uses this in in First Peter chapter two. Once you were not a people, you had no mercy, but now you're you are God's people who have mercy. Again, the identity is given though. It, it's something that they have received. It's something that they've been given. Yeah. So I, you know, I think that's what does that mean for us then yeah i mean i guess that's the big question i think that it is i think it's something that like you said we have to think about and and i i think we live in a time where we're encouraged and we've been reading a couple of books that talk about this quite a bit we're, we're living in a time and and at least one of the authors says from the time in the 1960s mm -hmm. where we were we have been encouraged to create our own identities mm. we we don't there's almost a separation right from relationship from families, mm -hmm. uh, from any any kind of group. Don't don't be defined by any kind of group. Don't be put into a category because the the group has these controlling things. Exactly. On it. Like they're they're not allowing you to be your Freedom. full self. Yeah. And yeah. so, like the group, if you're going to be in the group, there has to be some kind of control. Yeah. On and you. so, self expression um, is the is the emphasis. Mm -hmm. um, th this particular author we're talking about, uh, Charles Taylor, talks about authenticity you know and that's a big big the age phrase. of authenticity it's a big phrase for people is this idea that i'm going to be my authentic self well again i i use this phrase uh, but here's how i would say it is is that we are created uh, 
we, we are the people that God created us to be right now. We are fallen, mm-hmm. you know, sin has some hold on sin has marred the image that God has. You know, again, we, we, we are created in God's image. Sin has marred that image, but we are also redeemable in Christ mm-hmm. through what he has done. So I would understand. And again, you know, I, I mean, I get this desire, but, but I think, what I would understand is God has has given us this identity and he has redeemed us, our images in, in Jesus. And so it has to do with this group. We are, we are this chosen people. We are this holy nation, this set apart people, um, not to be defined. You know, and, and this is the irony that I think maybe even Paul would talk about this in Romans. The irony is uh, what we understand to be freedom uh, is instead uh, a binding us this idea of being free in our actions is actually what controls us instead of thinking that we have some kind of freedom uh, that we can express ourselves in any any way that we choose so yeah i think that's you know paul talked about that being a citizen of heaven you know like not of this place and kind of going what does that mean i i think that's really hard because we have this cult the, the culture wants to push on this like uh, we need to be free and we need to mm-hmm. evaluate what is this group? I mean, power is the, is the flavor of the day. Like yeah. what is this group? What's this power they're trying to put on us? And God's yeah. saying like, I'm creating, I, I'm giving you this identity and it is my power that, that right. is through you. It reminds me of, you remember when we talked to Chad um, Ragsdale mm-hmm. and, and he was talking about that, that there's almost this tendency to say to people, Oh, to young people, Oh, you're completely without limits. You're completely free. And he says, this is what leads to anxiety. This idea leads us to, to not be able to, to connect or to have identity. And, and so I think, I think again, having, having identity in Jesus, uh, you know, created by God, redeemed by Jesus is, is what, what we're really we're really looking at uh i think our identity is in him and i think that's why i think i, I love that language chosen exiles <laughs> mm-hmm. right it, it, it speaks to both parts of our experience it speaks to that part of our experience where we say oh, I, don't, I don't fit here but at the same time i'm loved i, I have received mercy i am I am his people, uh, you know, one of his people, uh, and I have my identity in, in, in God. This is really, and, and the reason I think this is important is, is for some people, this is where I think, well, is for some authors, this is where discipleship really begins. Uh, it, it begins with this, this idea of, um, you know, being, recognizing who we are in Christ, recognizing our identity is in Christ, not in something we've created ourselves, not in something that we have to do, some kind of thing we have to earn, but it's recognizing who we are in Christ, I think is the, is the key and the begin maybe the beginning of discipleship for us. Yeah. So. I, and I think that's, I think that's an important point, you know, as we yeah. talked about, like the anxiety that comes from like, am I being true to my, you know what I mean? Like right. it's just always this who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Yeah. And Christ says, I, I, you are you're my, mine. You are yeah. mine and you're yeah. my people. And this is what that means for you. And this is yeah. what it means for your life. And this is what means how you were to live out and, and to interpret the world around you. Right. You know, right. and that, um, in some ways the world is, you are going to be an exile. You're going to yeah. feel different in the world. And that's, well, and feeling wrong, he, maybe wrong <laughs> is not wrong. You know, that, that, I think that's a, a discomfort. A or, discomfort yeah. is is not wrong. You shouldn't be seeking comfort. Sure. You should understand that as a citizen of heaven, uh, you know, the, as a part of the kingdom of God, a priest to God, that yeah. 
in this world as it is now, you're going to feel like a foreigner. In it. So that's where I was going with this. Is I say, you know, one of the things we talk about a lot on here is, is the, the theological term is eschatology. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's the idea of the 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 end things and right everybody wants to know about revelation and these kind of things and, and this is really what i think we're getting at is this idea that there's this recreation of the universe that's taking place that we still see the effects of sin and and brokenness um and, and that's what causes us discomfort it's what causes us to to question our identity in christ at times um, but i think even even more we need to 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 hold fast to it um, you know, you often talk about your kids and and trying to to raise them and to, to have an understanding of this. Um, you know, within within the context they find themselves in, and there's so many so many messages. Um, you know, for our young ladies and our and the young men in our society, I think about what they're supposed to be, or you know, what's what's supposed to be allowed, and these kind of things. And I think it's a difficult it's a difficult time to to try to raise our children in a way that their their identities are firm in, in Christ. Yeah, this reminds me of something. Uh, Brian Lowry. Yeah. So Dr. Bob Lowry, who was at yeah. Lincoln Christian Seminary. And we've talked about him in connection with Revelation. Yeah. wrote a great book on Revelation, used to teach teach very frequently yeah. we've quoted him on on this yeah. podcast and his son brian lowry who now works at lincoln christian university i don't know what it does he yeah he's back there now oh is he okay yeah so anyway <laughs> i remember back me. in my college back in my college days um he, i think brian spoke at a chapel and he was talking about his dad and he, mm-hmm. brian was going out with some friends yeah for the night and he and his the words that his father had said i don't know why this stuck in my brain he says remember who you are and whose you are mm-hmm. yeah and Brian said, you know, like that stuck in yeah. uh, that stuck in his brain about, and I thought, whose you are? You know what I mean? Like rec- recognizing right. his, uh, you know, rec- remember who you are. You're Brian Lowry. Yeah. But then remember chosen. Yeah. You are whose you are, yeah. you know, that you're chosen by God in that chosen exile. Yeah. And how does that reflect in your life as yeah. you go out and live That's with his friends? Um, so I don't know. I just thought of that yeah. as we get that just that. I think that's an interesting question for us to ask. Like yeah. in, in these situations in my life, whose am I? Yeah. And you know, how does that reflect? Am, am I am I acting as my own? Yeah. Or am I acting as God's, you know, chosen beloved, exile, beloved, beloved, treasured possession? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Part of his. Awesome. Well, Brian, thanks so much. Yeah. Hope that was helpful. And uh, yeah, this we'll, is a little we'll, different episode. Yeah. For we'll us. come back to First Peter. Yeah, some point. We're just chatting it up today. <laughs> um, if you're enjoying the podcast, we didn't mention yeah. this at the beginning. If you're enjoying the podcast, oh, did we not? How no, could we we not have you mentioned just this. jumped right into it. If you're enjoying the podcast, we invite you to share or go to yeah. Apple Podcasts and write us a review. Or if you're feeling spendy, you can go and by spendy, I mean buy us a cup of coffee a month. You can buy, uh, you can go to our website or Patreon and yeah. sign up and uh, get a coffee mug or a t shirt or something Sounds like that. Great. So, Brian, thanks so much. Yeah, we're going to talk about Revelation uh, maybe Revelation. next time. Maybe, maybe the millennium. Uh oh. Dun dun dun. No. Thousand years. What's yeah. it going to be like? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Brian. See you, man. Bye. Bye.